Chapter twenty six of Australian Legendary Tales Folklore. This is a LibriVox recording. LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Australian Legendary Tales Folklore by Mrs. K. Langlow Parker. Chapter twenty six The Borer of Biome. Word had been passed from tribe to tribe telling how the season was good. There must be a great gathering of the tribes, and the place fixed for the gathering was Gugurawan. The old men whispered that it should be the occasion for a borer, but this the women must not know. Old Biomi, who was a great Warinan, said he would take his two sons, Ginda Hindimoi and Buma Humanoi, to the gathering of the tribes, for the time had come when they should be made young men, that they might be free to marry wives, eat emu flesh, and learn to be warriors. As tribe after tribe arrived at Gugurawan, each took up a position at one of the various points of the ridges, surrounding the clear open space where the corroborees were to be. The Wan, crows, had one point, the Demur, pigeons, another, the Marty, dogs, another, and so on. Biome and his tribe, Biomul the black swan's tribe, Ubon the blue-tongued lizard, and many other chiefs and their tribes, each had their camp on a different point. When all had arrived, there were hundreds and hundreds assembled, and many and varied were the nightly corroborees, each tribe trying to excel the other in the fancifulness of their painted get-up and the novelty of their newest song and dance. By day there was much hunting and feasting, by night much dancing and singing. Pledges of friendship exchanged, a dilly bag for a boomerang, and so on. Young daughters given to old warriors, old women given to young men, unborn girls promised to old men, babies in arms promised to grown men. Many and diverse were the compacts entered into, and always were the Warinan, or doctors of the tribes, consulted. After some days the Warinan told the men of the tribes that they were going to hold a borer, but on no account must the inner or women know. Day by day they must all go forth as if to hunt, and then prepare in secret the borer ground. Out went the men each day. They cleared a very large circle quite clear. Then they built an earthen dam round this circle, and cleared a pathway leading into the thick bush from the circle, and built a dam on either side of this pathway. When all these preparations were finished, they had, as usual, a corroboree at night. After this had been going on for some time, one of the old Warinan walked right away from the crowd, as if he was sulky. He went to his camp to where he was followed by another Warinan, and presently the two old fellows began fighting. Suddenly, when the attention of the blacks was fixed on this fight, there came a strange whizzing whirring noise from the scrub around. The women and children shrank together, for the sudden uncanny noise frightened them, and they knew that it was made by the spirits who were coming to assist at the initiation of the boys into young manhood. The noise really sounded, if you had not the dread of spirits in your mind, just as if someone had a circular piece of wood at the end of a string and were whirling it round and round. As the noise went on, the women said in an awe-stricken tone, Garimi, that is, bore a devil, and clutched their children tighter to them. The boys said, Gayandi, and their eyes extended with fear. Gayandi meant bore a devil too, but the women must not even use the same word as the boys and men to express the Bora spirit, for all concerning the mysteries of Bora are sacred from the ears, eyes, or tongues of women. The next day a shift was made of the camps. They were moved to inside the big ring that the blackfellows had made. This move was attended with a certain amount of ceremony. In the afternoon, before the move had taken place, 
all the blackfellows left their camps and went away into the scrub then just about sundown they were all to be seen walking in single file out of the scrub along the path which they had previously banked on each side every man had a fire stick in one hand and a green switch in the other when these men reached the middle of the enclosed ring was the time for the young people and women to leave the old camps and move into the borer ring inside this ring they made their camps had their suppers and corroboreed as on previous evenings up to a certain stage before on this occasion that stage arrived by me who was greatest of the ring and present had shown his power in a remarkable way for some days the marty had been behaving with a great want of respect for the wise men of the tribes instead of treating their sayings and doings with the silent awe the and expect they had kept up an incessant chatter and laughter amongst themselves playing and shouting as if the tribes were not contemplating the solemnization of their most sacred rites frequently the and sternly bade them be silent but admonitions were useless gaily chattered and laughed the marty at length by me mightiest and most famous of the renan rose strode over to the camp of marty and said fiercely to them i by me whom all the tribes hold in honour have thrice bade you marty cease your chatter and laughter but ye heeded me not to my voice were added the voices of the renan of other tribes but ye heeded not think you the renan will make any of your tribe young men when ye heed not their words no i tell you from this day forth no marty shall speak again as men speak you wish to make noise to be a noisy tribe and a disturber of men a tribe who cannot keep quiet when strangers are in the camp a tribe who understand not sacred things so be it you shall and your descendants for ever make a noise but it shall not be the noise of speech or the noise of laughter it shall be the noise of barking and the noise of howling and from this day if ever a marty speaks woe to those who hear him for even as they hear shall they be turned to stone and as the marty opened their mouths and tried to laugh and speak derisive words they found even as by me said so were they they could but bark and howl the powers of speech and laughter had they lost and as they realized their loss into their eyes came a look of yearning and dumb entreaty which will be seen in the eyes of their descendants for ever a feeling of wonder and awe fell on the various camps as they watched Biamy march back to his tribe. When Biamy was seated again in his camp, he asked the women why they were not grinding Doonbur, and the women said, Gone are our dales, and we know not where. You lie, said Biamy. You have lent them to the demur, who came so often to borrow, though I bade you not lend. No, Biamy, we lent them not. Go to the camp of the demur and ask for your dial. The women, with a fear of the fate of the Marty did they disobey, went, though they well knew they had not lent the dial. As they went, they asked at each camp if the tribe there would lend them a dial. But at each camp they were given the same answer, namely that the dials were gone and none knew where. The demur had asked to borrow them, and in each instance been refused, yet had the stones gone. As the women went on, they heard a strange noise, as off the cry of spirits, a sound like a smothered hum 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 the cry sounded high in the air through the tops of trees and low on the ground through the grasses until it seemed as if the spirits were everywhere the women clutched tighter their fire sticks and said let us go back the wander are about and swiftly they sped towards their camp hearing ever in the air the um 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 of the spirits they told by me that all the tribes had lost their dials and that the spirits were about and even as they spoke came the sound of 
Hum, 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 at the back of their own camp. The women crouched together, but by me flashed a fire-stick whence came the sound, and as the light flashed on the place, he saw no one, but stranger than all, he saw two dials moving along, and yet could not see no one moving them. And as the dials moved swiftly away, louder and louder rose the sound of hum, 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 until the air seemed full of invisible spirits. Then Biomi knew that indeed the wander were about, and he too clutched his fire-stick and went back into his camp. In the morning it was seen that not only were the Dayuls gone, but the camp of the Demur was empty, and they too had gone. When no one would lend the Demur Dayuls, they had said, Then we can grind no Doombu, unless the wander bring us stones. And scarcely were the words said before they saw a Dayul moving towards them. At first they thought it was their own skill, which enabled them only to express a wish to have it realised. But as Dayul after Dayul glided into their camp, and passing through there, moved on, and as they moved was the sound of hum, 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 to be heard everywhere, they knew it was the wanderer at work, and it was borne in upon them that where the Dayul went they must go, or they would anger the spirits who had brought them through their camp. They gathered up their belongings and followed in the track of the Dayuls, which had cut a pathway from Gugurawan to Girawin, down which in high floods is now a water course. From Girawin on the Dayuls went to Durangabira, and after them the Damur. Durangabira is between Briwarana and Widamurti, and there the Dayuls piled themselves up into a mountain, and there for the future had the blacks to go when they wanted good Dayuls. And the demur were changed into pigeons, with a cry like the spirits of oom, oom, oom. Another strange thing happened at this big borer. A tribe called Ubon were camped at some distance from the other tribes. When any stranger went to their camp, it was noticed that the chief of the Ubon would come out and flash a light on him, which killed him instantly. And no one knew what this light was that carried death in its gleam. At last, one the crow said, I will take my biggest burin and go and see what this means. You others do not follow me too closely, for though I have planned how to save myself from the deadly gleam, I might not be able to save you. Wan walked into the camp of the Ubon, and as their chief turned to flash the light on him, he put up his burin and completely shaded himself from it, and called aloud in a deep voice, Wah, 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 which so startled Ubon that he dropped his light and said, What is the matter? You startled me. I did not know who you were and might have hurt you, though I had no wish to, for the one are my friends. I cannot stop now, said the one. I must go back to my camp. I have forgotten something I wanted to show you. I'll be back soon. And so saying, swiftly ran one back to where he had left his boondie. Then back he came almost before Ubon realized that he had gone. Back he came and stealing up behind Ubon, dealt him a blow with his boondie that avenged amply the victims of the deadly light by stretching the chief of the Ubon a corpse on the ground at his feet, then crying triumphantly, Wah! 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 Back to his camp went one and told what he had done. This night, when the Bora corroboree began, all the women relations of the boys to be made young men corroboreed all night. Towards the end of the night, all the young women were ordered into bow humpies, which had been previously made all around the edge of the embankment surrounding the ring. The old women stayed on. The men who were to have charge of the boys to be made young men were told now to be ready to seize hold each of his special charge, to carry him off down the beaten track to the scrub. 
When every man had, at a signal, taken his charge on his shoulder, they all started dancing round the ring. Then the old women were told to come and say good-bye to the boys, after which they were ordered to join the young women in the humpies. About five men watched them into the humpies, then pulled the boughs down on top of them that they might see nothing further. When the women were safely imprisoned beneath the boughs, the men carrying the boys swiftly disappeared down the track into the scrub. When they were out of sight, the five black fellows came and pulled the boughs away and released the women, who went now to their camps. But however curious these women were as to what rights attended the boys' initiation into manhood, they knew no question would elicit any information. In some months' time they might see their boys return, minus perhaps a front tooth, and with some extra scarifications on their bodies. But beyond that, and a knowledge of the fact that they had not been allowed to look on the face of a woman since their disappearance into the scrub, they were never enlightened. The next day the tribes made ready to travel to the place of the little Bora, which would be held in about four days' time, at about ten or twelve miles' distance from the scene of the big Bora. At the place of the little Bora a ring of grass is made instead of one of earth. The tribes all travel together there, camp and have a corroboree. The young women are sent to bed early, and the old women stay until the time when the boys bade farewell to them at the big Bora, at which hour the boys are brought into the little Bora and allowed to say a last good-bye to the old women. Then they are taken away by the men who have charge of them together. They stay together for a short time, then probably separate, each man with his one boy going in a different direction. The man keeps strict charge of the boy for at least six months during which time he may not even look at his own mother. At the end of about six months he may come back to his tribe, but the effect of his isolation is that he is too wild and frightened to speak even to his mother, from whom he runs away if she approaches him, until by degrees the strangeness wears off. But at this borer of Biome the tribes were not destined to meet the boys at the little borer, just as they were gathering up their goods for a start, into the camp staggered Milandilunaba. The widow, crying, You all left me, widow that I was, with my large family of children, to travel alone. How could the little feet of my children keep up to you? Can my back bear more than one gule? Have I more than two arms and one back? Then how could I come swiftly with so many children? Yet none of you stayed to help me. And as you went from each water hole, you drank all the water. When tired and thirsty, I reached a water hole, and my children cried for a drink. What did I find to give them? Mud, only mud. Then thirsty and worn, my children crying, and their mother helpless to comfort them, on we came to the next hole. What did we see, as we strained our eyes to find water? Mud, only mud. As we reached hole after hole and found only mud, one by one my children lay down and died. Died for want of a drink, which Milandilanaba, their mother, could not give them. As she spoke, swiftly went a woman to her with a weary of water. Too late, too late, she said. Why should a mother live when her children are dead? And she lay back with a groan. But as she felt the water cool her parched lips and soften her swollen tongue, she made a final effort, rose to her feet, and waving her hands round the camps of the tribes, cried aloud, You were in such haste to get here. You shall stay here. Gugugaya, Gugugaya, turn into trees, turn into trees. Then back she fell dead, and as she fell, the tribes that were standing round the edge of the ring, preparatory to gathering their goods and going, and that her hand pointed to as it waved around, turned into trees. There they now stand. 
The tribes in the background were changed each according to the name they were known by, into that bird or beast of the same name. The barking marty into dogs, the biomul into black swans, the wands into crows, and so on. And there at the place of the big borer you can see the trees standing tall and gaunt, sad-looking in their sombre hues, waving with a sad wailing their branches towards the lake which covers now the place where the borer was held. And it bears the name of Gugurawan, the place of trees. And round the edge of it is still to be seen the remains of the borer ring of earth. And it is known as a great place of meeting for the birds that bear the names of the tribes of old. The biomul sail proudly about, the pelicans, their water rivals in point of size and beauty, the ducks, and many others too numerous to mention. The uboon, or blue-tongued lizards, glide in and out through the grass. Now and then is heard the um, um, um of the demur, and occasionally a cry from the bird Milandulunaba. Gugugaya, gugugaya, and in answer comes the wailing of the gloomy-looking balar trees and a rustling stir through the bibble branches, until at last every tree gives forth its voice and makes sad the margin of the lake with echoes of the past. But the men and boys who were at the place of the little borer escaped the metamorphosis. They waited long for the arrival of the tribes who never came. At last by me said, Surely mighty enemies have slain our friends, and no one escapes to tell us of their fate. Even now these enemies may be upon our track, let us go into a far country. And swiftly they went to Nundu, hurrying along with them a dog of Biomis, which would fain have lain by the roadside rather than have travelled so swiftly. But Biomis would not leave her and hurried her on. When they reached the springs of Nundu, the dog sneaked away into a thick scrub, and there were born her litter of pups. But such pups as surely man never looked at before. The bodies of dogs, the heads of pigs, and the fierceness and strength of devils, and gone is the life of a man who meets in a scrub of Nundu an Eamunan, for surely will it slay him. Not even did Biomi ever dare to go near the breed of his old dog, and Biomi the mighty Warinan lives for ever. But no man must look upon his face, lest surely will he die. So alone in a thick scrub, on one of the Nundu ridges, lives this old man Biomi, the mightiest of the Warinan. End of chapter 26